Good afternoon to you all. If you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing All Hail the Power, hymn 45, hymn 45, All Hail the Power, hymn 45. <laughs> Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the privilege of coming here today, worshiping in your house, Lord. We just pray that if there's anybody here today who doesn't know your son Jesus as Savior and Lord, that before they leave this place today, they'll come into a personal relationship with him. We pray that everything said and done here today will honor and glorify Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we ask it. Amen. Amen and amen. And as we continue, continue with our praise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 461. Hymn 461, Stepping in the Light. Stepping in the Light, Stepping in the Light, hymn 461. <laughs>
afternoon service, you may be seated. We're glad that you're here at Central Park Baptist Churches. If, if this is your first time here and you did not receive a visitor card, if you'll slip your hand up, one of our ushers will get one to you uh, right away. We're going to ask you to fill that out. Were you able to get one? Good job. Now, fill that out, and after the service, if you'll meet me in the foyer, I'll exchange that for a gift bag. Amen? And we're awful glad you're here. Thank you for coming and being a part of the service. Amen? Amen. Uh, just a few announcements to go over this afternoon. Uh, if, for some reason, uh, you do not want your photograph or personal information uh, put in our um, uh, church directory, please see Brother DeVito, and he'll be the one who'll take care of that for you. Amen? They're getting ready real close to being able to come out, and it looks beautiful. Those that have worked on it have done a marvelous job, and I can't wait till you get to see what uh, our church people have done for you. Amen? Uh, don't forget... Uh, the uh, kitchen remodels get, is coming close. That'll be on March uh, 4th. We're going to start that after our men's prayer breakfast, March 4th. Amen. We have prayer breakfast at 8.30 in the morning, and we want to invite all of our men to that. And we'll feed you, we'll pray, and we'll have a, 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 a devotion. And then we're going to start working on, on tearing down the inside of the, of the kitchen so we can rebuild it. Our whole model has been paid for now. Amen. We have all the money that's come in. We've already ordered uh, the... Uh, the cabinetry, we've already ordered the, the uh, countertop. Uh, we're uh, working on getting the floor ordered. We I think we have a, uh, uh, many of the other components already being brought in. And so uh, it's exciting as we yeah. get to see this thing pulled together yeah. of what God's been doing through you and through your giving. Amen. Thank you so much for what you, you're willing to do and what you've done. Uh, and so as, with that in mind, ladies, we need your help on March 3rd. At March 3rd at 10 o'clock in the morning, we're going to have clean-out kitchen day. Amen. We need all the cupboards and the drawers emptied because uh, when men start to destroy things, everything gets messed up. <laughs> so if the wrong thing's left in there, I'm afraid of what might happen. So if you could help uh, with Miss Sherry on that, and if you have any questions, if you'll see Miss Sherry, she'll help you with that. Amen. And then uh, don't forget, immediately following our service this afternoon, in the Korean uh, uh, Sunday school and service room, we'll be having a workers and teachers meeting. Uh, it won't be very long, but it's a very important meeting. And we're going to wrap up some of the things we started to talk about in our previous meeting. So that'll be uh, immediately following the service. If you work with children in the bus ministry or in the Sunday school or in our Wednesday night service or in junior church or in any of our children's ministries, if you work with our kids, we're going to ask you to be at that uh, meeting. Also, if you would like to start to work as a teacher or a helper in any of those ministries, we would ask that you would come as well. This way you know everything that's going on and being involved uh, with, with that. So, we, again, we want to thank you for being here. Thank you for coming, and welcome to Central Park Baptist Amen. Church. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 is a verse we read this morning. And I want to encourage you, not, not only that, but thank you for uh, your consistency. One thing that we need to really... Uh, make sure that we do be consistent when we serve the Lord and what we do. And uh, God is a God of consistency. He's a God of order. So I want to encourage you to do the same. And God will honor that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, God said, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. So uh, let me encourage you. You be a cheerful giver. Amen. You want to receive from the Lord. You can't outgive him. Amen. I've 
I've known a lot of people that tried and uh, just cannot be done. Because, you know, if you own everything, I mean, you can't outgive somebody that owns everything. So uh, let me encourage you, you give uh, as unto the Lord. And let me encourage you also and reiterate uh, for Brother uh, Marcos about the demo. Let me encourage you all come in and, and uh, let's have a good day that day. We'll feed you breakfast that morning and then we'll work it off of you, okay? So you don't have to worry about getting overweight or anything like that. We'll take care of all that. And uh, we've got plenty to do. And if it's not, if there's not enough room in the kitchen, I'm sure we can find some other stuff to take care of around here. Amen. So uh, mark that down. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer for our offering. Father, thank you, Lord, for the day. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Pray, God, that you bless this offering. And, uh, Lord, pray, God, that you bless the remainder of our service this afternoon. And pray, God, that you'd, uh, Lord, just, uh, again, just bless. And, Lord, we pray that you'd help us to be good stewards of everything that you give us and lord everything that you bless us with and may it be used for the furtherance of the cause of christ in this place and we give you praise in jesus name amen you have an offering you please come for you to join us in singing hymn 497 dare to be a daniel hymn 497 dare to be a daniel hymn 497 
268, hymn 368, He Brought Me Out. And upon the conclusion of this hymn, we would ask that you briefly greet each other as we prepare for this afternoon's special. He Brought Me Out, hymn 368.
heartache of living my life in sin. I've missed out on the sorrow of facing a world without Him. And I have no regrets for the things that I've missed, because deep down in my heart the truth was and is every day that I live. I thank God for what I've missed. This world is concerned that Christians were missing out socially. They say that our stand in the book in our hand, it's not right politically. They call our convictions religious addictions they claim that we're all turned around but we cannot deny one thing they got right it's true we have missed out i've missed out on the heartache of living my life in sin i've missed out on the sorrow of facing a world without him and i have no regrets for the things that i've missed because deep down in my heart the truth was and is every day every day that i live i thank god for what i've missed i've missed out on the heartache of living my life in sin i've missed out on the sorrow of facing a world without him and i have no regrets for the things that i missed because deep down in my heart the truth was and is every day every day that i live i thank god for what i've missed oh i have no regrets for the things that i've missed because deep down in my heart the truth was and is every day every day that i live i thank god for what i missed that's good amen i like that they did all right amen exodus chapter three Choir did a good job too this morning. Man, I was they did they got to where their songs once they get them they got them, and they did a good job. Exodus chapter three. You'll stand please when you find your place if you're able, and let's um, uh, read the verse uh, th verse one through verse four. We're still, you know, sometimes it takes us a little while to get out of these first few verses of some place, you know. you got to get your traction, but there's a lot of stuff in here, and I don't want to miss any. Amen. You know, it, it's um, like missing a good meal or something. <laughs> amen. So, um, found your place. Amen. Yeah. Now, Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, you know, he's wanting him to pay attention. 
Just like when your parents called your name twice. Moses, Moses. And he said, Lord, I'm a little busy right now. No, he said, here am I. And we all say, amen. Father, bless us, Lord, this afternoon. Pray, God, that you're, you'll uh, help me to stay true to your word today and rightly divide your word of truth. And I uh, pray, God, that it will not be me that preaches today, but you through me. So, Lord, I pray that you just uh, keep me out of your way. And, Lord, I pray that you, dear Holy Spirit, will fill me and help me, God, to uh, preach the message that you've laid upon my heart. And may those that are here receive it, Lord, and then respond accordingly during the invitation. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You look in verse 1, you notice that first thing that I saw was Moses was a working man. Y'all see that? He, I mean, he was out there tending the sheep, and, and uh, God never listened. God calls a working man. Are y'all, are y'all, y'all were a little quiet this morning, so, you know, I, 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 I got through early today, so I, could, I can make up for that this afternoon. Amen. Moses was a working man. And, and God's call came to him while he was tending the flock uh, on the far side of the desert of Midian. And it seems that uh, when you read this, uh, Moses ran just about as far as he could go to get away from what he thought was a threat. Which makes me think of all the people who believe that when God calls them, that God's call and God's will for their lives seems to be a threat. Amen. I mean, I can remember back when, when I felt the, God, uh, the call of God on my life and, you know, I had some rabbit in me. Yeah. And we all do. And, and uh, as Moses, Moses ran and because he thought the will of God for his life was a threat. And, and in some ways, now watch this, it's a threat and in some ways it is not. For example, God's will is a threat uh, if you don't want to be faithful in attending the Lord's house, like he says, and you don't have to, y'all can all say amen because you're here. Uh, it's a threat if you don't want to give up worldly living. It could be a threat, uh, but it's not a threat if you want to live righteously as God's called us to do so. Uh, but there's far too many Christians today, I believe, living uh, on the edge of righteousness, one foot in the world, one foot in the church, and Listen, God's not interested how close we can get to living in the world and not get in it. He's interested in how far away we are uh, uh, from the things of this old world so that we can live a righteous life and live according to the things of God. Uh, so here's, uh, and, and let me, I don't want to skip anything because sometimes you write something down and the Lord lets you say it. So, uh, if, you know, you can, you can live on the edge of righteousness if you want. But to me, that's living with the with the thought process that you serve a little God, uh, you, fo- you follow me. And but when you get in trouble, if you serve a little God, then you're going to get a little help. But when I'm in trouble, I don't want a little help. I want a, a lot of help. I want uh, and I want to get a help from uh, an Almighty God. And and so it depends on how you live, on what kind of help you're going to get. And so the point being, no matter where you might go to get away from God, God will be there waiting on you when you get there, just like Moses is out here on the backside of this desert. So here's Moses. He's working out here. And if you look in verse 2, we see that God appears to him in a burning bush. It says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. 
And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Now, one thing I notice here about the bush, that it's on fire, but it's not on fire. Amen? And there's a few applications, I guess, you could, you could get out of this, and I've, I've jotted a few down. One, Israel's preservation made me think of that. Uh, their preservation in Egypt. Egypt, or Israel, suffered much persecution, even the death of their children, but listen, but they were not consumed while they were in Egypt. In fact, they prospered while they were there. Uh, the burning bush also pictures the preservation of the saints in their, their daily trials. If you look in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in verses 8 and 9, Paul described it this way. He said, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. So we can see this, a picture of this in the burning bush in that it was burning, but it was not being consumed. I think it also pictures the Lord Jesus Christ who was put in the furnace of the crucifixion, but death did not consume him. He rose triumphant over sin, death, and the grave. It also pictures the chastisement God often brings upon uh, uh, his own, upon his children. And though the chastening looks to destroy us, if you look in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 11, it does not destroy us, but only serves to burn the dross of our disobedient lives and make us come forth as gold and, and come forth in a, in a way that we uh, bring honor and glory to God. I think it also pictures the, the Bible, our Bible, our King James Bible, in that it has been burned by men. Amen. They've tried to stamp it out, but it has never been consumed because Mark chapter 13, verse 31, the Lord said, my word shall not pass away. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. So uh, we can see a picture of that in this burning bush. But the burning, uh, but not consuming, also pictures, I believe, the gospel, the the truth uh, of the word of God because of Jesus Christ. Watch, Jesus Christ and the gospel can come in, into contact, listen, with the Holy God, you and I, and not be destroyed in judgment. If you go and look in Scripture, fire in Scripture, it, it is a uniform emblem uh, of divine judgment, that is, of God's holiness. And watch, active opposition against evil and wickedness. And the final word of the subject, if you look in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 29, It says, our God is a consuming fire. But watch, it's burning up everything that is contrary to his holy nature. So we can again see that this burning bush pictures a lot of things in Scripture. But what I want you to see, I believe it is also a picture of the church. Now, the church is God's idea. It is not man's idea. Oh, you know, y'all, y'all are quiet, but get, stay with me. Many have forgotten that the church is not, it's not the building. Yeah. We all, and I, I understand when we say that, well, I'm going to go church. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Well, we are the church. Right. Yeah. How can you go to church when you be the church? Right. Amen. I mean, think about it. Now, the church is not the building, but the building simply contains the church. Right. The church today is to be an autonomous a, bo- a body of born-again, baptized believers. We just baptized one this morning and, and brought them into the fellowship of the church. But now get this, but baptism, not only is a church God's plan, but baptism is God's plan as well. 
I've had to stand with Scripture on more than one occasion about baptism. Baptism is a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Buried in His likeness, raised in the likeness of His resurrection. And if I can get it out before everybody starts saying amen, and it says to walk in the newness of life. Listen, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The old man is dead. He still gives us problems. Uh, but listen, but baptism is a picture of the Lord. And, by the, and, the, and here it is. And the authority of baptism is given to the church. Not just any church. But the church, listen, that the Lord himself started. And today, the church that he started has the name Baptist on it. Now, a lot of people have given that name up. Now watch, I've had people come to Central Park Baptist Church and I've sat in their homes and visited with them and I asked two questions. I always ask, are you, uh, are you saved and born again? If you know today that you would go to heaven, or, uh, are you know, do you know that you would go? And they would say, yes. I'd say, how are you going to get there? And they will say, well, I, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And I say, well, praise the Lord. Amen. And then it gets to this question. Have you ever been baptized in a Baptist church? Not one that's Baptistic in doctrine, but a Baptist church. And I've had some say, well, no. And I tell them, well, then that's the way we will accept you as a member into, a, into our church, into the fellowship, into the membership of the church. Oh, I can't do that. Why? Well, I've already been baptized. In the, in the authority of a Baptist church? No. Where's them guys at? Come here. Let me, I, I, I'm thinking of this the other day. Uh, Brother Tracy, you come up here. Brother Malachi, come here. Kevin, come here. Uh, how many is that? One, two, three, four. Yeah, come here, Brother Shelton. Yeah, that's it. Come up here. Now, I'll, I'll come down here. Come here. I think it'll be better. Watch this. Now, I want y'all to link arms. Now, the church has not always been called Baptist, right? It's not. Uh, but, but it's the church that the Lord started. Let me get over here so you can see me. I can't get behind them big guys. Now, now through the, through the centuries, they've been called different things. Waldensians, Donatists, they've been called Anabaptists, they've been called all kinds of things. But the church that the Lord started has always, the perpetuity of doctrine has always been there. And when the Lord started his church, he said in Matthew, he said to go and teach them all things whatsoever I've commanded you, baptizing them. And, and so you know what the Lord just did? He just gave those men the authority to baptize. Right. And so down through the centuries, this, this guy might have been a Waldensian, this guy might have been a Dantonist or what. but listen, but they've all carried the authority that the Lord gave them to baptize. Right, Y'all still with me? Say amen. amen. But down through the centuries, listen, and even, up, even in these days especially, there have been some, there, some that have been called uh, uh, Alexander Campbell. You know who he is? He's the father of the Church of Christ who is teaching baptismal regeneration. In other words, in order to be saved, you had to be baptized. That was part of it. Well, that's not what the Bible says. It's not what I said. It's what the Lord said. I'm not trying to tell you something that he didn't say. Why? Because, listen, the Lord gave me the authority. He gave Central Park Baptist Church the authority that was started, uh, uh, that had the mother of another Baptist church. 
You can't just go out and birth something right. without having uh, some, uh, some place to come from. Right. But over the centuries, some of these people thought, well, you know, uh, I don't like what they're teaching. And, and, and I've had, I, I just heard this the other day where uh, a church uh, said, you know, we're going to take Baptists off of our name because you just can't reach people anymore with Baptists on your name. People are offended by that and they think you're this and they think you're that. So they say, oh, just happened to be you. <laughs> okay. And he says, well, I don't like it. I'm going to come with me. I'm going to come over here and I'm going to start the first church of Malachi. Amen. You know what he just gave up? He gave up the authority. You, you, does it make sense? And when I come, and people, I, we've had good people that come to Central Park Baptist Church. And I'll say, and, and I've had people just like this say, well, we're Baptistic in doctrine. We'll put Baptist back on your name. I mean, I'm kind of a stickler about that. Right? Because a lot of people over the centuries have died for this, the name that we have. But not just for the name, but for the doctrine that was given to us right. by the Lord Jesus right. Christ. And the Lord said, give it to faithful men. Right. In other words, men that will carry what I have given you just like I have given it without change, Amen. Uh, without being watered down, without any of those other things, without, without mixture, give it to them so that they can carry that. And so the authority of the church will continue. Right, right. But... This guy, man, he, he says, you know, you just can't reach them like you used to. Boo-hoo on you. And so when people come to Central Park and other churches just like this, and the preacher says, um, you've been baptized in a Baptist church? Well, no, but I was baptized in the first church of Malachi. Oh well, I'm th well. I'm glad that you're saved, born again, and but you know, uh, you'll have to be baptized. Right. You know why? Because the baptized didn't baptism didn't mean anything because they didn't have the authority to do it. Right. Right. Uh, Y'all, does that make sense? Listen, uh, I want you to understand. Thank you, man. Uh, as as long as we are linked up together, then the authority continues. Amen. When, when my dad started the church there in Springtown, he didn't just decide to go off over there and say, you know, I want to start a church, you know, and uh, there's some people that have come, and he, he, he didn't just start a church. You can't do that. Right. He needs the authority to start the church. Right. Right. So you know what he did? He came to me when I was pastoring there in Pampa, and he said, listen, can I start a church out of Fellowship Baptist Church in Pampa? And I said, yes. And I said, and, I, and he and I, even though he's my dad, been pastoring a lot longer than I have, I said, then you got to follow our bylaws and you got to follow our constitution, our doctrine. And I didn't have any, you know, but it, I, I wanted to say it. There's a young man that we're about to help who's starting a new church. And uh, he's, uh, we're, you know, we, when we talked about this a few nights ago, I said, Let's, I think he's a good young man. I think he's worthy and we're going to send him some money. But you know, when next, the next time I see him, before we send the money, I'm going to say, listen, are you going to take Baptist off your name? Because if you're going to take Baptist off your name, then I can't, I'm not going to give you God's money. Amen. Listen, we're seeing a lot of people today in a lot of churches who, 
uh, have taken that, that name off of their sign and they give up the authority. And the Apostle Paul, think about this, they, they planted or he planted a lot of churches of whom carried the gospel, uh, and listen, just like we have today. However, some of them are, are most of the are all the churches in Asia Minor. They're no longer in existence. They given up. They given. They were given over to apostasy. In fact, but you read in the book of Revelation, uh, some left their first love. The Church of Ephesus. Some gave into compromise and worldliness, like the Church at Pergamos, and, uh, and also in the book of Revelation. You can go and read it. But God says in James chapter 4 and verse 4 that friendship with the world is enmity toward God. Listen, God help us to understand that we cannot be friends of the world and continue to lead people like God wants us to lead them. Amen. God says in 1 John 1, He said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. So how how churches, have they've, they've given over to the things of this world and and churches have fallen in love with the world. In fact, man has taken the church and they try to market it. We don't need any marketing strategies. We've already got some. God gave them to us in his word. He said, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. That's God's marketing strategy. It's to knock on doors and, and, and tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. We had another visitor today that told me, that said, I said, how did you come here? And they said, somebody put a flyer on my door. Yesterday. Listen, but man has taken the church and tried to market the church in order to make it look pleasing to the world. But he's also tried to make it pleasing to the worldly Christian uh, because Christians have become the same way. And it's no wonder people look down their noses at churches like this one. And there's, by the way, there's other churches like this. Uh, but, man, you find uh, some Christians, they look and they, you, they'll say, are you King James only? Yep. Oh. You're one of them. Yep, I sure am. I mean, they look down their noses at churches with, uh, conservative programs and conservative uh, worship and, and, and those that still knock on people's door and those that still uh, put material on their doors and that, that stand there and, and get, you know, the door slammed in their face because they want to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. People look down their noses at that. Listen, this bush is a picture of the church in respect, uh, uh, or as a picture of the church in respect to we're burning but we're not consumed. Watch. Now think about this. This was an old thorny bush. Now it's, I want you to understand that when the, uh, the church today, do you notice how flashy a lot of churches want to be? I mean, I, I'm, I'm all about doing things decently and in order. I'm all about keeping your building looking sharp and the outside looking good and all these kinds of things. I'm, listen, I'm telling you, I, I don't, it, this belongs to God. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to Him. And we ought to do our best to keep it looking sharp. Amen. Amen. Uh, in, in fact, there's a lot of things that we need to do to help. So, and, But I won't get into all that. I ain't time for that. But, but watch. The, the, remember this bush was just a plain old ordinary thorny bush. And we talked about how God didn't, didn't uh, use something flashy to get Moses' attention. And, uh, it, and we need to understand that when the church aspired to great outward splendor, ambitions of, of, of worldly supremacy, if you will, 
Churches are looking for that. Instead of a meek and lowly and heart kind of church, listen, uh, and when the church begins to seek uh, uh, this all this splendor and, and the accolades of the things of this world, you, you listen, the church is always in decline unless they give in to the things of the world. Uh, I mean, churches grow. Our church is growing. It's not where it needs to be. And we ought not be satisfied where it's at. But I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, listen, that we as a church need to understand that God doesn't need the, the fog light or the fog machines up here and, uh, and, you know, and all the lights and all these kinds of things. Listen, to, uh, so the preacher can, you know, get the attention of the people. No, wait a minute. Listen, we just need to allow the Holy Spirit of God to work in our hearts. A man has removed the Baptist name from their buildings. Listen, you know what that is? Burning and being consumed. Um, you have, they say you have to compromise to reach people, burning and being consumed. But wait a minute, the bush was burning and it was not consumed. I mean, people think you have to give in to the standard of worldly dress and standard of worldly music. You know what that is? Burning and being consumed. But the fire did not consume the bush. And we're going to get to that. Uh, the fire spoke of the presence of God, which was the foundational purpose of the flame in the bush. All through Scripture, think about this fire. It speaks of the, the deity of Christ. It's an emblem of His deity. When God entered the covenant with Abram, think about it. His presence was denoted by the lamp of fire that passed between the pieces. The pledge of God's leadership of Israel was the pillar of fire by night. The mission of the Lord, the Bible says, was baptism by fire. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost, think about it, moved through Pentecost and uh, it, during that day and uh, as a, uh, a close of fire. Watch this. So when we read here about the burning bush, listen, burning but not being consumed, we understand that it's the presence of God. And I want to also say when a child of God is filled with the presence of God, listen, it'll be the presence of God that burns the brightest and not me or you. Listen, God, people will see Christ in you and not you. They'll look past you and see God. Uh, so the better we know God, the better we'll serve Him and the better that people see Him in us. Look in verse 3. The response to the fire. Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burnt. A lot of people today, Christians included, uh, they've come to the place where not, they're not interested in the meaning of things, especially in the meaning of God and spiritual things. They ignore them and they ignore the things of God. Uh, it's not a big deal. If you've not known, we talked about that this morning. People are looking for the earthquake in, the, in, in worship. They're looking for the big, they're looking for the, the big bang or the, man, all the spectacular and all this kind of stuff. Listen. That's not how God spoke to Eli. I mean, it was in a still, small voice. Uh, and if it's not the, the spectacular, they have a tendency to look past it. But Moses didn't respond that way. Uh, I mean, he was working, was he not? He was out tending his sheep, but he wasn't too busy. But today, a lot of folks are too busy and too wrapped up in the affairs of life and in the affairs of this world to turn aside. Some didn't turn aside this afternoon. Some didn't turn aside this morning. People are interested in the pleasures and possessions of the world, so they ignore God. And 
Uh, they're afraid that turning aside to seek God, it, it might interfere with their plan or their desire, so they just walk on by. Moses knew. I mean, here's Moses. He's out there working. He's tending the sheep. And, and I would imagine there was quite a few sheep. Uh, I don't think it was just a few. I think it was quite a few. And, and so here he is. He's out there tending the sheep. And, you know, and he walks by this bush and it's burning. And he, I mean, he got interested in it. But a lot of people today would have just kept on walking. Listen, a lot of people walk right by their blessing. They walked right by the things that God's trying to teach them. But Moses knew there was something special, something divine going on, and it demanded his attention. And so this turning aside was, said a lot about Moses, and it said a lot about his interest in the things of God. It said a lot about his heart. And so it said that Moses is willing to take the time, and even in the midst of his duties, even in the midst of his busy schedule, if you will, uh, he took the time to concern himself with the things of God and learn some, about, some things about the ways of God. And listen, and what a rebuke that is to you and me today. Listen, that ought to rebuke us who say, listen, I'm too busy to stop and, and do what God has called me to do. I'm too busy to, to attend church. I'm too busy to read God's Word. I'm too busy to, uh, to pray. Listen, God, help us. We're never too busy to do that. And we see that in Moses. Look in verse 4. I mean, we, the spiritual things of God did not take a back seat to him. And we see in verse 4 says, And when the Lord saw that Moses did what? Tell me. Turned aside. Then what happened? Yep. God called unto him. Moses' response resulted in him being rewarded with hearing God speak. Now that ought to say something right there. Listen. I don't know about you, but when, when I read God's word, I, I don't want to just... Uh, I don't want to just read it to read it. I don't want to read it just so I can stay on schedule with my Bible devotion plan. No, I want to read it and I want God to speak to me. But listen, if we're, we can't read it and think about all these other things that we've got going on over here or the, the busyness of our day, we've got to stop for just a few minutes and, and turn aside from the things of this world and, and give the Holy Spirit of God an opportunity. And if we'll just give Him that time, listen, when God sees that we turn aside, we'll hear His voice. But we sure do get busy. And we talked about, I won't re preach what I preached this morning. Uh, but people are afraid to turn aside. They're afraid, one, it might interfere with their, their schedule. Uh, but Moses turned aside and he heard God speak. But listen, but carnal men see little, think about this, if any, uh, when it comes to reward from Almighty God. They don't prize the Word of God. Listen, not everybody loves the Word of God like you may. This ain't no big deal. I mean, they don't, they don't prize the hearing of the Word of God. But wise men do. Wise people do. They, they know that, hear, listen, hearing God speak, they, they revel in the fact that they can hear the Word of God. Um, me and my wife, I, I enjoy going to these the meetings that we go to, listen, I enjoy preaching. And listen, they, when they start, they, they uh, you know, preach till they get through. I mean, we, we go to church about 6, and sometimes we don't get back till about 9.30 or 10. That's if it's early. 
And then we get up the next morning and we start all over. I was telling one of the men about that today. And, you know, you go early. You, you, and, and, by the way, I enjoy hearing the preaching of the Word of God. Amen. Man, listen, I, I, I like, it's like saying sick them to a bulldog. I mean, I just love it. I, I, I enjoy hearing God's Word being preached. But a lot of people today, they don't. A lot of Christians today, they don't. Uh, they don't respond in the right way. But when we respond the right way to divine revelation, listen, then God's going to give us more. In other words, God does not give more to those who have not treated well what he has already given. Man, if I, preacher, if I had a million dollars, if I had a nickel for every time I heard somebody say that, and I've said, listen, God's not interested in what you do with a million dollars. He's more interested in what you're doing, what you have already. Listen, that's not just about money. It's about everything. Listen, uh, God does not give his choice blessings to those who consume them on themselves and treat it with disrespect. Listen, Moses would have missed out on the blessings of hearing God speak if he had not paid attention. Um, When we come to church sometimes, we are so bombarded with what's going on out here. I mean, we come to, I mean, some come to church, the only thing on their mind when they get here is leaving. They're going, okay, chop, chop, let's get this thing on the road. I mean, come on, you know, they sit down and say, they, but, okay, preacher, I'm here, I'm going to be here for 30 minutes. Bless me if you can. You know, don't be messing around all that. I mean, I mean he's only on his second point, and it's already 10 minutes till. Be careful. Listen, Moses would have missed out had he not turned aside. Look in verse 4 again. It says, when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to see, then God blessed Moses with more blessing. Um, a lot of folks sometimes, we, if we're not careful, we complain because of the lack of blessings in our life. But the only reason that happens is because we've never got to the turning side part. I mean, we don't turn aside and... And we miss out. And, and, and notice what it says. Look in verse 4 again. It says, and, and Moses, or excuse me, look in verse 3. It says, and Moses said, I will. Now watch that next three-letter word. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, he didn't wait. You know, until it was more convenient. We talked about that this morning as well. After all, he was busy taking care of his sheep. But he said, I will now turn aside. Listen, uh, we got to be careful. You know, for people that are lost, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is, now is the accepted time. Listen, it's also that way when, when blessings come. We got to be careful because if God's trying to teach us something or if he's trying to help us over a burden, sometimes we, we don't make it back to where God wants us to be. And we miss out on God's plan for our life and we miss out maybe on the answer to the problem that we've been dealing with all week. Because we're a little bit too busy. You see, opportunities are, all, are, are not always available. And so when they come, we need to make sure we heed them. Listen, there, how many times have we missed out on the blessings of God because God, you know, we have a burning bush moment in our life, so to speak, and God's trying to tell us something. Maybe we're reading and God says, okay, read another chapter. And we're going, man, I, I, I got to get up. I'm, I'm busy. I've got, if I don't get started on this project, you know, wait a minute. You know what's happened? 
there's been a, a, an opportunity in your life to hear from God, but we've, we've not turned aside. Uh, there's been an opportunity to receive something from God that might help us for the rest of the week, but we didn't turn aside. Uh, listen, we say, you know, I'm really busy now. God, I know you're trying to get my attention, you know. I know you're trying to, I know you're trying to help me a little bit, you know. But God, I'm, listen, God's he's not going to beat us over the head with his word. And the Holy Spirit's not going to get us in a headlock and say, Hey, I'm trying to teach you something here. No, he's going to say, okay. You see, that still small voice sometimes comes and we're, the things in our life are so loud we don't hear it and we miss out. Listen, God gives us an opportunity all the time to try to help him, try to serve him, uh, try to tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ, to try to pray for someone. Listen, sometimes someone may need a, 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 somebody needs to pray with them. I've had somebody do that the other day and I, and we, I was talking to them. They were telling me something. And in my, in, in my mind, and I'm, try, I'm, try, I'm staying focused and trying to understand what they're talking about. I know there's a burden in their life. But if we're not careful, and this is something Brother Shelton taught me. I told you this the other day. Listen, uh, we say, well, you know, I'm going to pray for you. You know, you know I, I'll be praying for you. See you. Now, wait a minute, I missed something. Wait, you know, they, they had just told me a burden, uh, they have a burden or there's a problem in their life. You know when the opportunity to pray for them is? Right then. Not in a minute. Not tomorrow. Because tomorrow, the opportunity was then. The opportunity to be a blessing was right then. And I would have missed it had I not turned aside. Listen, how many opportunities have you missed because you didn't turn aside? Yeah, because we're busy. Anybody here not busy? Yeah. You know, in our busy days and in our serving God, we need to have some time to turn aside. Moses, listen, he, he showed us that there's always time to do what God has asked us to do. This afternoon, I had somebody come and tell me about some things, and, and we came down, and uh, they, I encouraged them, and we went, and we were talking about some things in their life and that they struggle with. I said, you know what you need to do? Why don't you come down here? I could have said, you know what? I'll pray with you about that a little while. No, I came down, and we prayed and, uh, together, and, and I encouraged, they wrote that on it, and they said, well, I, I wrote something on there the other day, and I put it on there. I said, you know what? If there's still something bothering you, something different, put it on here. I prayed with them. I said, spend some time with the Lord and nail it to the cross. They didn't need me to help them tomorrow. They needed me to help them right then. Listen, maybe God gives you that opportunity. Listen, let me encourage you. Take the opportunity today and be a help and be a blessing. Turn aside when the opportunity comes. Father, help us. God, I pray that you'd bless, Lord, this afternoon. Uh, God, it was just, Lord, the message is uh, important. God, as we look at the life of Moses, Lord, I pray, dear Father God, that you'd help us not be ever be too busy to do what you've called us to do. Lord, we sing that song this morning, this world is not my home, I'm just passing through. God, if we're just passing through, and our treasures are laid, uh, laid up in heaven. 
God help us to take the time this side of heaven to be faithful, to bring honor and glory to your name. Lord, to stop, to turn aside for just a few minutes and do those things that you've called us to do. Maybe it's to pray for someone. Maybe it's to pray with someone. Maybe, Father, it's to uh, read your word. Maybe it's to try to help somebody. God, please help us to put aside the things of this world and turn aside so that you can speak to our hearts in that still, small voice. And may, God, we listen to you right now. Maybe, Lord, you're dealing with someone's heart about something and, uh, God, that you're... Uh, you're talking to them in that still, small voice. God, help them to listen. It's not time to begin to think about other things, but God, it's time to, Lord, give, give way to the, the Spirit of Almighty God. And, Lord, that we might come into this invitation and talk to you, Lord, this afternoon. So, Lord, help us, God. Give the invitation, Lord, because I cannot. Speak to hearts. Help us to respond accordingly. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While we stand and... While Brother Shelton sings a verse of invitation, if you need to come, I pray that you...